Hello, 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 and happy Monday. It's a rare Monday night edition of the Open Heart Collective. Tonight, my special guest is a dear friend of mine, somebody who I look up to in so many ways for all that he's done in his career, in his life, and what he's overcome. So for you guys, for those of you guys who are new to the Open Heart Collective, are new to the mission behind this show, the show is all around mental health. We, we have these live, raw, real conversations because that's the best way to share stories, but not just stories of lock up the audio cut out. No, I can hear you. Okay. That's weird. I saw a previous chat function or a chat window that said audio cut out. Um, anyways, so while we're sharing these raw, real stories, we don't want to necessarily just focus on the darkness. We don't want to just focus on the struggles, but also we want to we want to pay attention to what was done to overcome those dark times in one's life. And also, and this is the important one, what we're, what's exciting in our world now, because anybody who's struggling with mental health, like most of my guests have, or all of my guests have thus far, we can't just look at the negative. We have to focus on the positive too. So. With that being said, no further ado, D. Grant Smith, welcome to the Open Heart Collective. Hey, man. So good to be here. Thank you so much for this invitation. I really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming, my friend. A very long time coming. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was super awesome to finally, Ryan and I have known each other for a really long time, but we didn't actually meet face-to-face until South by Southwest a couple months ago, so... Uh, yeah, man, I still, and I can still feel that, that energy that I guess kind of, you know, well, you've got an energy to you anyways, man. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is a good time. Well, I mean, it, so yeah. How long do we go back? It's been, I can't even tell you. Six dude. years. Yeah. Probably. Ball, ballpark. That sounds about right. <laughs> awesome. Well, D Grant, I mean, if anybody read the little intro or is reading the bio that's above this video or below this video, however it falls on Facebook, this this incredible new book that you're getting ready to release, it sheds a lot of light on your mental health struggle and what you've gone through over the last several years in kind of getting to the point where you are now. So, to kind of hit the first to hit the first point that we want to cover item number one, which is your story. Um, I, I I will say this much to anybody who's listening to this now or in the future. This is a safe place. This is a place where those who are sharing their stories are, can be vulnerable without criticism, can share without fear of recourse on on what's going on. So. I encourage everybody who is a guest of this show to share as much as they are comfortable with sharing up to if they don't want to. So it's solely up to you, Mr. Smith, as to what you want to share. But as of right now, my man, the floor is yours. Uh, Well, you've known me for a long time. And uh, anybody that's seen any of the videos that I have been posting, especially over the past month, know that I'm I'm pretty transparent and not afraid to tell, uh, tell my side of the story or my story. Uh, and in, in any capacity to just be vulnerable because vulnerable in the right way, because it's, it's when we really open up our hearts and open up our stories that we see that 
the things we think separate us actually don't. And we have a whole lot more in common and we can learn so much and grow so much more together in that way. So um, when I tell my story, I I, I don't like the linear side of, well, you know, I did this thing way, way back a long time ago. And then I did this thing and then because you don't need a history lesson. All that's a bunch of boring crap. Uh, I'll just tell you that like some highlights of my journey are that I've had the opportunity to connect with some people and have conversations with people that I consider to be like lifelong heroes that not only was it cool to have the conversation with them, but I gained something from that that totally revolutionized the way that I saw myself and the way that I saw my world and the way that I've, I've lived my life from that point. But at the same time, even while I'm having conversations with these incredibly super successful heroes of mine, at the, in the past, I've carried into those conversations all of this insecurity and fear and doubt and worry and thought like, oh my God, what if they see the real me? Will they still want to talk to me? Will this mean anything? And is anybody going to actually care? So I think that, that all of us, even, even when we look at like our, I think about, you know, if we had like a proverbial baseball card for our lives, you know, you flip over to the back of a baseball card and it's got your stats. Yeah. It's got your information, but it's, it's got your highlights and it's got all that stuff. Like, you know, maybe you consider that like what your resume is or whatever. But on the back of our proverbial baseball card, you want people to see the things that you've done and go, oh, yeah, well, that that validates this person and makes them cool. But the reality of the situation is, is that validation is a crock of crap and it doesn't matter. So one of the one of the things that I that I talk about all the time and I'm talking about it a lot now as I'm as I'm talking about my book is this this line that you are worth fighting for and the things that the things that we think validate us and make us special or validate us and make us worthy or validate us and make us somebody that we're finally good enough for people to pay attention to and care about none of that stuff really matters the simple fact that that I'm a human and you're a human is all the validation that we need and so the, right. the, the you're worth fighting for is about you fighting for yourself and believing in yourself and loving in yourself enough to be true to yourself. So on the back of my proverbial baseball card is syndicated radio host, uh, host of a podcast that I've talked to folks like um, one of my heroes, Seth Godin, who actually was the guy that helped me discover what growth farming is. Uh, growth farming is my brand. It is about both your relationship success and your success through building strong relationships with people, but it's also about you building strong a strong relationship and core relationship with yourself. And it's from that relationship with yourself that you're able to do everything that you do in life successfully. And that's Amen where that. that's where the stuff that we're talking about here on this platform, mental health comes into play on a on mm-hmm. a grand scheme. But oftentimes, when it comes to our story and even us telling our story. We spend a whole lot of time discrediting ourselves and filling in uh, our proverbial baseball card with all the things that we think we suck at and all of our failures and all of our mistakes and all the things that, that have gone wrong that we think people uh-huh. are going to critically judge us against for. And the reality of the situation is all that is really an indication of a lack of self-love. And so I, I, I'm a small frame dude. I stand about five foot seven. And up until about six months ago, I weighed 100 pounds. Uh, and I have always been a runt of a dude, uh, and I was never comfortable in my own skin. I used to hide behind, I used to hide from people a lot, even though I've been really good at making friendships with people. The entire right. time I was talking with somebody, I would, I would have this fear in the back of my head that they're going to leave you, they're going to, they're going to reject you. They don't really, 
you, you don't really have any, any reason for them to want to connect with you. And so I, I was incredibly insecure, had a whole lot of self-doubt, had a whole lot of codependency. I brought that with me into just about every relationship, whether that was friendship or romantic or otherwise, with me. And I was mostly afraid of getting beat up. Why? Because I was bullied as a kid and I carried that fear with me all the way through into adulthood. I'm 37 now, so go back in time. Uh, about 10 years ago, um, I was sitting on a street corner. If, 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 we, if I can be vulnerable, here's, here's my story. We, um, we have all the time in the world, my friend. So, so, and like I said, the, the, the stage, metaphorically speaking, is yours. I was sitting on a street corner and I was, all I needed to do was cross the street and go to my buddy's office. But right. instead of crossing the street like a regular human being would, I saw this guy on the other side that was going to be coming at me or walking across the street. I had about 20 bucks in my pocket cash. And the fear that I walked with all the time anyways, but the fear that I had in this moment was this guy's going to jump me or just he's, 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 he's going to take my money. Now, right. I, A, I judged the guy wrongly. I shouldn't have judged him in the first place. But B, I let, I, I let this proverbial fear that I carried with me every day dictate my life choice in that moment. So instead of just crossing a street like a normal human being would, I'm a 27-year-old man. I should have just been able to freaking cross the street. I didn't. I turned, went 90 degrees, and took an extra four and a half blocks. And I justified it by getting exercise. It was entirely an act of fear, insecurity, and worry. On about block two and a half, three, this little voice popped into the back of my head and said, dude, are you serious? How long are you going to live like this? On my way home that day, I passed by a sign that said boxing gym. Now, I w- really was tired of running. And so right. I, I joined a boxing gym because I decided this is, this is the crazy thing. I'm so afraid to cross the street because I might see somebody who might hurt me. Right. And, my, and my solution to it is I'm going to go put myself in a situation where I'm going to get punched. And I decided that the best way for me to overcome this fear is to, is to throw myself into the fire. Right. And so, uh, so I joined a boxing gym. It was one of the best decisions I made for my life. I overcame my fear of getting beat up, not because I learned how to box, but because I learned what I was really made of. And right. from that experience, I gained a series of really value, incredibly valuable, life-changing principles that I've carried with me over into my personal and professional life. And one of them is the principle of be solid, which is what I've written a book about mm-hmm. that you mentioned a minute ago um, that will be coming out for the world probably around November for people that join my book launch campaign going on right now, get in about a month. Um, but the whole principle of be solid is that you can go through life and you're going to experience trials, difficulties, hurricanes, mm-hmm. uh, boxing terms. You're going you're gonna to experience the proverbial Ivan Drago. The giant steroidal Russian from Rocky Four, he's going to come and try to break you. That happened to me uh, two years ago. I thought I was in a happy marriage. I went to bed one night, happy, woke up the next morning, and my wife was like, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm done and I'm leaving. And there was nothing that she would let me do to try to repair the relationship. And she left about a month and a half later. And my whole world ended because she was my whole world. And when that relationship that I had found validation in, that I'd found security and found confidence in, mm-hmm. ended, like you want to talk about uh, confidence going to like the pit, it was like the seventh dimension of hell. 
I didn't right. believe in myself at all. It didn't matter that I was a syndicated radio, syndicated radio host. Fuck that. It didn't matter. It didn't matter that, uh, that I talked to these big names. None of that stuff mattered. Like I felt entirely worthless. But somewhere in that process of evaluating where I was and what I was going to do, and I'll be honest, man, entirely honest, I contemplated suicide because mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought if the person I've given my whole heart to says I'm not good enough, that I must not be good enough for anybody. And, and I, must, I must truly be utterly worthless. All these thoughts that I've had in my head all this time must actually be mm -hmm. true. And it was, so it came down to, am I going to put a nine millimeter bullet in my head or am I going to choose a different route? And I chose I'm a grateful that you chose a different route, my man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I really do. Uh, when people talk about suicide, and, and people talk about suicide, and they talk about it from a judgmental standpoint, man, there's got to be a lot of correction that's done. Because until you've been in those shoes, or you feel like there's no reason in the world for you to live, mm -hmm. and you're willing to do that, and you're, and you're having those thoughts, until that ever becomes something that you wrestle with, you can't freaking judge anybody for it. But And, and let's be honest, guys. You can't judge anybody anyways, like for any reason whatsoever. You can't because let, let, let's look at it from this perspective. If you cast judgment upon somebody else, you're bringing negativity into your own space. And when you're bringing negativity into your own space, those goals, those aspirations, those things that you're striving for, whether it be personal, professional, whatever the case may be, don't happen. And they don't happen because you're only casting negativity into your own world. And that, I mean, and, and being that we're in the era of social media, right, which is how D. Grant and I connected in the first place. But we're always in a position to where we have the ability to choose that choice is to love and to spread that love or to judge and cast negativity because when you judge and cast negativity out there, it's going to come back at you. <laughs> Whether you believe in karma, fate, what, whatever your belief system are, trust me, it comes back. It's not going to come back in the way that you dealt it, but it will come back. Mm -hmm. Right on. So definitely like, so let's scrap the judgment, but anyways, continue. <laughs> Sorry, had to step onto the soapbox for a moment. Now no, I'm back I, off. No, you're to totally right. So, um, so I, I, when I was in the when I was in the pit of my of my of my sadness and my, my the start of my depression, um, mm -hmm. which I'm not depressed now. It's been two years. I went through a journey. I made some different decisions. Um, any of you guys that have been married and then divorced, you understand exactly where I'm where I'm coming from with this. Uh, I've got. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends. Actually, I've got more friends that have been through this experience than makes logical sense to me. But I've, I've, I had seen some folks go through this story and make some decisions that ended up not being very healthy and led them to even more sadness and more brokenness. And so, mm -hmm. uh, seeing that, I didn't want to make the, I didn't want to make those decisions. So I, um, I, I chose some. I made some. I made some different calls. But I could hear I could hear my boxing coach's voice in the back of my head. Uh, mm -hmm. Coach Coach Rebus used to I, I would say he he would say this, but but Coach Rebus didn't really he would say some things towards the end, but most of the time he was yelling at us. Uh, <laughs> but, he, but, but, but as but, any good boxing coach yeah. would, just being honest. Yeah, but but Co Coach Rebus would yell, "Be solid, be solid," all the time. 
and and I could hear him I could hear him yelling that in 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 my you know memory and I I realized that okay the proverbial Ivan Drago has shown up on my door I was not expecting him uh, he came as anybody as anybody would not be expecting Ivan Drago let's just be right yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that infamous line, I must break you was what, was what that experience tried to do. But, uh, I decided to not be breakable. And I think, yeah. I, I, I believe we can decide to not be breakable. We can decide that this, the life situations that we experience are not going to destroy us. They're going to teach us things if we, oh, absolutely. and what I learned is pain is a great teacher. This is a line mm-hmm. from the book, but um, pain is one of the best teachers you will ever have because it has your undivided attention. And when something has your undivided attention, you're going to either be changed for it in the positive way, or you're going to be changed for it in the negative way, or you're going to try to run away from it. And you can't run away from this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going you to can, catch- but not for long. Well, it's going to catch you and the punishment's going to be worse than dealing with it the first time. Yeah. So, um, so, so what I did was I chose to lean into the pain and let the pain show me things about myself that needed to change. It was from that experience that I, I could truly see how codependent I had been. I could truly see how insecure I had been. I could truly see all the broken places inside my heart and inside my mind and take the proactive steps of learning how to overcome that, learning how to heal, learning how to improve myself. And it wasn't just a matter of, I need to do one or two things differently. I realized that this is a chance for me to become a new person. Right. And so, so that's what I've done. I've been in a, in a rebirthing process that has lasted the past, uh, how long is two years? Let's say 20 months. Okay. This has lasted about 26, 27 months. Uh, Good. the thing about being reborn is you're always being reborn when you decide Constantly. to be- yeah, when you decide that you're going to make that jump, you don't. It's not. It's not a. It's not a destination that you arrive at. Like <laughs> I, I'm still. In, I'm still in the. Re, I'm still in the rebirthing process of becoming my best self. I know what that looks like now, and I know the right. steps I need to take on a daily basis. And it's the commitment every day to loving myself. And that's what. That's what I saw that I had not done my entire life. I had tried to love other people. In hopes that they would love me enough in return that I would feel good about myself. But I Brother, had not, I'm right there with you, man. Right there I, with you. I had not chosen to love me first. And I my I know that my I know that my mission in life is to be love as a state of being. Not to mm-hmm. do love on occasion when I feel good or when the time's right or when it's the right person. To be love as a as a human love love as a human walking around. Right. My my super one of my gifts, and um, I try to give this as much as I can. I am an empowerment superhero. Yes, you are, my dude. Yes, you are. So so me being my number one love language, and I think it's important for all of us to know what our love languages are. If you haven't read Gary Chapman's uh, seminal book, The Five Love Languages, which articulates that very very well, uh, my number one love language is words of encouragement and affirmation, which is why mm-hmm. I uh, value words I so too. much. So me operating out of, I'm going to, I'm going to speak empowering, encouraging words all the time. I'm not flattering anybody. I don't do that. That's bullshit. Uh, what, what comes out of my mouth 
is what I truly believe. And I want people to know that. I want them to know how loved they are and how valuable they are and how good they are internally. Because when, right. when, you, when you know that and when you own that and you step into that and that becomes your personage, everything changes. And you realize mm-hmm. I'm going to fight for my heart because my heart is worth it. So there's my story. I was going to say, I don't have a microphone around here that I'm willing to <laughs> drop, but that would be a mic drop moment right there. Thanks, man. Well, it's, but it's totally true. Absolutely. I mean, it, and that is why this exists. This is why this platform even is here, because trust me, I don't do this for a paycheck. I do this because it's it's love into the universe and because people need to hear people need to hear what we're discussing because there there are so many people out there in the world that are struggling like mental health is the biggest epidemic in the world right now because we allow it to be because we don't create these places where people can share and and not be judged for what's going on I mean D, you and I are both in the music industry. How much better would would this industry be if we could be vulnerable with each other? If or or if we didn't struggle with comparison, you know, comparison and the seeking of validation is one of the number one. Uh, it's a num- the number one of the number one hindrances to growth in any capacity, but it happens right. especially in the music industry. And it happens, and it happens almost subconsciously. I still, and I've been on this journey, like this self-awareness journey for the last probably about 24, like two and a half years or so. And even I still find myself doing it, but I know I acknowledge when I'm doing it and I allow myself to move through it and past it because, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I want to achieve what anybody wants to achieve greatness and success, but it's also tough when you're when when people call you and and they do this with respect obviously but like one of one of my guys Dylan Lloyd he's like man you're the next scooter brown i'm like no no i'm not the next anybody mm-hmm. you're the first and, you or or and and this one's really this one really cracked me up a good colleague of mine and former guest on this show audrey boyle she's like you're you're like gary v but cooler <laughs> right which in the moment is like a good attaboy and a good pat on the back but in second like second thought i'm like i don't want to be anybody but me mm-hmm. and once you can get through to that level you're on definitely on a good path but it sucks to get there it's tough especially when when you're not where you want to be professionally or your relationships are tenuous or your self-care is out the window. Like you and I are probably pretty similar in this. We don't sleep often, but we probably have really been focusing on sleep this year. Mm -hmm. I know I have Mm -hmm. because I I didn't, I did not sleep a full night until uh, February of this year. Uh, I, I, I would wake up I would wake up at like two or three o'clock in the morning every, and it, it didn't matter whether I was at home. I, I would, I would convince myself that I just need to get out of my house and go stay with somebody else. Go spend mm-hmm. the night. It's like I'd, I'd take a trip to Dallas or I'd go to Houston. And, uh, yeah, like I, I, I would wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep. And, um, and my, yeah, my, my, I don't know if that was 
some some of it, it was mental health stuff, and also some of it was spiritual, man. Like, um, but a- spiritual is mental too, man. Because like, I, to and one of the things that I've been doing the last nine months or so, plus or minus a couple, is every phone call that I do, whether it's I'm talking with a client or I'm talking with one of my artists, I start every single business conversation off with a mental health check. Because if this isn't right and this isn't right, mm-hmm. no amount of business and work and hustle that we do will be right. Mm. And now I've gotten them so I don't want to say trained because that that that's not the right adjective, but I've got them this so ingrained in them that they started and I don't even have to say anything. That's good. That's awesome. Because we gotta connect as humans regardless of business. Like business can get done, but if we as humans aren't good. Nothing will be. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. So anyways, continue. This is not the Ryan show. Uh, no, no. I, I, I think this is the time for you to ask me a question or something. Cause I, I, I wasn't, I was re- wasn't really on a, on a subject. I know. So, well, here's where, here's where we are. So you shared your story, right? That mm-hmm. that's kind of phase one of this conversation. You shared a little bit about kind of what you've done to move through those dark times and, and, mm-hmm how you overcome, how you overcame them. But I want to spend a few minutes on specifically what were those things that you did in your life to move through that pain, to move through those dark times. Because I mean, you, you openly on, on record said that you're no longer depressed. Mm. So what did you do to, because that's one of the things I even struggle with it from time to time still. And I mean, I suffered with it for a long time before, but it's the moments of it are fewer and far between now than what they used to be. But even I still struggle with it from time to time. So what, what were those things that you did to move through and past? So it's, it's things that I started doing and I made, I made ultimately I want, almost got a tattoo of this man. Um, I wanted to get a <laughs> tattoo of, uh, remember back in the day when we had like desktop computers and, uh-huh. And they locked up all the time, all the time, all the time. Uh, back, whoever remembers. I'm, 30, uh, I'm 35, so we're right around the same time. So, okay. Uh, when when uh, getting on the internet took about like just getting on the internet took about 10 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and and oftentimes uh, the modem would would lock up and you'd have to restart your whole computer. Uh-huh. But but the the one thing that they built in to that was all you had to do was press a little button and hold it down for like two seconds and like your whole system would reboot. I wanted to create. I wanted to get a tattoo of a reset button on my heart. I fucking love that so much <laughs> because because I realized that not only deciding to be reborn was a decision, but like I periodically needed to restart my system. I periodically needed to like remember that I'm not the same dude I used to be. And that this is a reset and that right. I'm doing, and that I'm doing things differently. And I needed to have that reminder that like, dude, you're in reset mode. You don't have, you, you are not doing things the old way. You are not following the same patterns. You are not operating the, the way that you used to. The new you does things differently. The new you thinks differently. The new you operates with different beliefs. And then that was a reminder to, to reprogram and to reassess uh, and reaffirm myself about what those beliefs were and are. So what that means is when I started this practice, I'm still doing the steps. I'm still doing the work. 
I didn't right. choose I didn't choose to do some things way back when, and then my problem got solved, and then I stopped doing the stuff, and then everything was cool. Actually, what ended up happening is I've gone through a couple different stages where I've thought falsely, okay, well, now things are good in my life. I don't need to worry about this stuff anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. I'm fine. And every time I do that, I dip into really, really low places. Right. And so it's it's not a matter of, hey, just just do these two things for 30 days and your life will be fine and you can throw it away and not worry about it anymore. Like becoming the new you requires new patterns. The old you that was making a bunch of really terrible decisions over and mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again was making those decisions yeah. over and over and over and over and over again. That's why they were patterns. New mm-hmm. patterns are you do new things. Actually, you, you do better things. You do healthy whole things and you do them over and over and over again. So that that's a part of your lifestyle. So what, what were my lifestyle changes? I realized that in my lack of self-love, I was letting voices of negativity, self-doubt, and self-criticism be the only thing that I thought about. So when a voice would pop into my head, and I say voice, like or a thought would pop into my head, right. that is, you can't do this, they won't like you, this isn't going to work, you're going to fail, I took that as gospel truth. I thought, okay, that must be the truth. Why else would I have that thought? Or maybe that's the voice of God telling me this isn't going to work. Why, but God doesn't God doesn't talk that way. God's love. Why, why am I feeling this way? It doesn't really right. matter. It's in my head, and that's what I think. So that's the only thing I'm going to focus on. New me, reset button. I say hard, but it's also in the mind. Reset button is, no, I'm going to change my, I'm going to change my self-talk. I'm aware that that's in my head, but I'm not listening to it. My inner critic is not going to win. I'm going to win and I'm going to change what I believe about myself. I'm going to change what I say about myself and I'm going to change the way that I speak to myself. So every morning and I wake up early, you might wake up early too. How early early is early for you, my man? 5.45. Yeah, we're about the same time. Okay. 5.45 is early, man. I get up before the sun does and the sun's up at 6.30 now that the time's changed. So, um, uh, but I wake up and I spend time in in a journal. And I say journal like a notebook journal like this. Right. Okay. Now I'm I'm developing a journal. There's people that have some uh, I think uh Suze Polinsky's got a a, life, uh, a planner journal uh that, right. and hers is awesome. Uh She was also a guest on the show. And and, that, and that's why I bring her up. Uh Suze is awesome. She's an incredible lady. Uh I I've got a I've got a journal that I write down just a series of things. One, number one, I write down what I'm grateful for. And I feel gratitude for people, things, ideas, opportunities, whether they are happening or not. I plant the seed. I'm grateful right. for this. This is what I want. I'm grateful for it before I have it. Uh, I write down what my goals are and what action steps I'm For the to. day, week, month, year, life, what? Day. Day. Okay. Got it. Because I'm all I can, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, tomorrow, today. Right. I, all I can commit to is today. I right. can live in the now. So what am I committed to doing today? This is a commitment I'm making to myself. What will I commit to do today? To, I know what my goals are for long term. What, right. what, what am I committed to doing today to move myself forward? And I'm going to be accountable to myself for this. So because uh, this is it's a, it's, a, it's a paper document. Basically what I'm doing is I'm writing a paper contract with myself every single mm-hmm. day. It's self-love. D, I love you enough to agree to do these things. After I write down my my 
and I only do two or three things. Right, because uh, it, it, we want to make these things attainable, right? We don't want to say, yeah. all right, I want to I want to make a million dollars today. Unless you're in the space where that's a like a option, don't make I mean make them attainable. Make them well, measurable. Yeah, so, things that you can do every single day that move you towards where you want to be. Anyways, well, and, and it's also it's 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 step by step by step by step. So right. uh and and also two things. If if you write, if I write down that I'm going to do two things, I feel the confidence and also the focus that these are the only two things I need to focus my attention on today, instead of a list of like twelve things. Because then, like, mm-hmm. even if you got half of that, you're like, geez, I still have six more things I have to do, and it's five thirty in the evening. Crap, man, I didn't get my stuff done today. Right. Which is a uh, motivation killer. Mm-hmm. After I write down my my action items, my action steps, I write down a series of affirmations for myself, and I'll just tell you, I, I I write down some of the same stuff every day. But I am love. That's an affirmation. I mm-hmm. am solid. That's an affirmation. I am good enough. I am worthy. I am taking proactive steps towards moving towards my goals. I am partnered with Almighty Love, my name for God, in achieving my goals. I am attracting the right people to help me reach my goals. Mm-hmm. I am. I am seeing opportunities and being presented with opportunities today to move myself forward. I'm planting the seeds and I'm putting that on a document on paper. After that, I, I write out a series of prayers for people and, and thinking about people that I know that are, that are trying to do something or that, that are needing something done for them. And I put that energy out into the universe right. for it to get done. And then the last statement I write is basically like a, a little goodbye ode between me and God. It's like uh, just being centered for the day. Now, you, God, universe, source, however you care, it's all the same energy. Right. Um, but but that that's that's my last little ode. Now, after I do that, I'm not done. The last thing is I start from the top, and I read everything out loud. Now I have a I have a written contract with myself, and now I have a verbal contract with myself. Both are binding in the state of Texas. I'm sure they're probably bi- binding in the state of California. But now I have – Or I have, Illinois, where, I, where I'm at, you know. Oh, sorry. I, I, I keep thinking you're in California, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm literally straight up pretty much straight. You're, right, you're, 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 you're Chi-Town. Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, – but, I, but I'm, I, ma- I, make, I make this contract with myself, and I don't get out of bed until I do this work. And that, that is affirming to me. But that is me fighting for myself against right. any voice of negativity, against any self-doubt, against any worry, against any of that thing. I'm starting my day off on that foot. Now, as I go through the day, one of my other practices that I started doing back then is I, I'm very particular about the people that I surround myself with. So what I, what I did was I, I, looked at, I looked at the folks that I spend the majority of my time with, when I was, especially when I was in the healing process. And I created what, right. I, call, what I call your strong circle. Uh, that needs to be people, if we're talking about getting out of depression in particular, this needs to be a group of people. And I say that, you know, it needs to be a group. I would say at least it needs to be at least two people that you're spending the majority of your time with, but I deal mine, my board of trustees. Okay. I'm literally like later this year, making them shirts because these are people (laughs) that I, I go to with everything. Yeah. And I know that I can go to them because there is no judgment because there is nothing. And more importantly, when I'm royally fucking up, they tell me 
Yeah. So, so there's certain, there's certain quali- qualities uh, from, in my method, there's certain qualities that you're looking for with these people. Now, do all of the people need to have all of the qualities? No. No. Because that's not, that's not what it's about. Uh, there's there needs and that's to be not and that's not reasonable to expect of them either. Right. So so one of the people or one of these people at least needs to be somebody that is kind of serving as a uh, advice slash counselor counsel giving person for you to say this is where I'm, this is where I'm at this is what I'm feeling what what do you think I should do what could I do to help get out of this place where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And that person needs to be somebody that is a trustworthy, b has been through something similar to what you've been through before, made right decisions, and is a whole person. They're not still struggling with a whole lot of brokenness that they're going to bring into that conversation and give you a bunch of really terrible advice that's going to totally screw up your progress, right? Or make a bunch of suggestions to you that the wise you, the wise voice in your head would say, "No, that's terrible. Don't do that." Right. Okay. Uh, there, there needs to be somebody in your group that is in, in your, in your strong circle, that is a really good listener, not necessarily somebody that's going to give you advice, but somebody that you can just, you're going to be doing, you are going to be doing a lot of emotional vomiting for the rest of your life. <laughs> get, get used to it. And, and, and see here, that's the, impo- that, that, that leads me to a brief segue here real quick. Um, when, when you are someone who is struggling with mental health, you don't want somebody to talk to you, you want somebody to listen to you because it's that acknowledgement of them knowing that, or of you knowing that they're there for you, which is why I make myself available so much so that my cell phone number, the one that rings this thing right here is in my Instagram profile. And I realize that you guys who are listening to this in the audio version of this after the fact can't see the fact that I'm holding up my cell phone right now. But anyway, anyways, continue. Um, you're going. You're going to be especially when you're when you're when you're in a depressive state. You're going. You need to do some emotional vomiting, mm-hmm. suppressing all of that stuff and holding on to it. And like, it's not good. Yes, it's not good. What it is is it's it's the equivalent of there's there's death inside of you that needs to come out and all of us are familiar hopefully with the walking dead we know that that show is about uh a zombie (laughs) apocalypse right right now now what do the zombies do they're looking for something alive to eat they're not if they eat something that's alive they don't come back to life they stay dead half dead and they kill you and they kill you undead right so all of that stuff that you've suppressed, all of those feelings, all of those emotions, all of that, uh, all of that pain and that angst is stuff that you need to let go of and you need to release. And mm-hmm. it and it's essentially death that's inside of you. If you keep it suppressed and try to lock it away inside of you, it will kill anything that's alive that's in you. Or it will do its best to try to kill anything that's alive. You don't want to plant zombies inside your heart. So you need to have somebody inside your corner like you can emotionally vomit the stuff out to you and you can let the death go and you can learn and figure out and process how to move on that makes so much sense i love it i've never i've never heard of that being emotional zombies but i i it makes complete sense to me well everything that i'm sharing with you man this is all inside my book and you joined my launch campaign so you're i did proudly supported that thing thank you so um 
yeah, man, I, when I realized that I had been carrying a lot of death around with me and it needed to, it needed to be released and it, it needed, it needed to come out. I needed to right. it, like, if you've read Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart, uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, if, if you can't keep something dead buried underneath your floorboards, it's going to find a way to come out. And it's going to haunt you until and, it does. And it's going to haunt you until it does. And so, uh, the whole the whole process of emotional vomiting is you getting those feelings out, not necessarily looking for answers, not necessarily even looking for solutions, just getting it out so that it doesn't reside inside of you, inside your mind, inside your heart, inside your spirit. It can be right. free. And in the process of that of, of that vomiting, you will start to understand yourself a whole lot more. That's when I a whole lot it, more. When, in, in, in the process of my emotional vomiting, that's when I was able to see the, the really negative, destructive patterns that I had built up my entire life and that I carried with me and that had been destructive in different relationships that I had. And mm -hmm. also from that realization, it made forgiveness a whole lot easier because it, was, it, it became very clear to me that while I disagreed with what happened, I could see that I was also the cause of a lot of pain that had not been addressed. Right. And, and so I had to learn how to forgive myself, which is also a part of self-love, but it made it easier for me to forgive my, my former partner that, that walked away and, and to be able to forgive knowing that, you know, I had been a part of the, of the downfall that had not been addressed. Right. And, and it, forgiveness is a huge part of the healing process. And you need to have people in your corner that can help you facilitate your own self-discovery and help you facilitate uh, the responsibility side that you have and whatever it was that happened. Uh, and, and also people that will help you stay on the straight and narrow, not necessarily like, you know, somebody that's like a rule follower or a disciplinarian or anything like that, because <laughs> that, that, that's not going to motivate you to want to stay on, on path. But at the same time, somebody that will hold you accountable to staying in a place where you're going to be safe and you're going to be in a place where you can heal. Right. Okay, so um, and and the, the the one of the other characteristics, and I've got a few friends that I would consider uh, that I started spending a lot of time with. That basically, when we hung out, we just had fun, but we had fun in healthy ways. We weren't doing right. self-destructive things. We weren't doing stuff that was going to get us killed or in trouble with the law. But we did do things that were that were fun because part of the healing process is learning to enjoy yourself and learning to enjoy life again. Mm -hmm. And when and when it is all business, it's, man, it's like the shiny, it's like the shining all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy and, uh, all work. And you no want to know what happens when Jack becomes a dull boy, right? Watch the shining or read the book. Same thing. Yeah. So, so, uh, my, 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 my two big things that are, have been a part of my healing process that I continue to do is I do a journal in the morning and I do a journal in the evening before I go to, first thing in the morning when I wake up, I do it. Last thing before I turn off my light and go to sleep, I, I write down what happened during the day, what I learned, and I ask myself questions. What did I learn from these experiences? Constantly being in a state of self-reflection is constantly being in a place where like, every day is a new discovery. Right. And, and as I'm in reset mode and I'm becoming my best self, I am, I'm committed to constantly learning how to be my best self. What did I learn from myself today? What did I learn from other people today? What, what, what should I do differently in the future? What do I need to repeat that was really awesome? What can I celebrate right. about myself and celebrate it? And, um, 
And so, so the journaling being a big part of it and the affirmations being a big part of it and also, um, choosing to have fun, mm-hmm. uh, choosing to have fun is probably one of the best pieces of medicine that you can, you can give to yourself because laughter really is some of the best medicine. It's not Agreed. just some, some great thing that your grandma used to say because she read Reader's Digest. Like it actually is, <laughs> it actually is really good medicine. And mm-hmm. especially when you can, especially when you can laugh with other people, because there's a shared energy in that space and there's a shared enjoyment that's in that space. And man, that's better than any sort of like, you know, third party high for lack of a better term that you can get to. Right. I mean, I, this is one of the things that I do daily. I actually laugh at myself once a day, at least. If for no other reason than when I am stressed out, when things aren't going the way that I need them to go, I literally find out something funny about myself or the fact that I did did this thing with my kids over the weekend and it was just funny. I was allowing myself to be stupid and in the moment for the pure purpose of remembering that and allowing that to become an item that I use myself to, or use for myself to heal. It's wonderful when you can laugh at yourself because when you can laugh at yourself, nobody else can. Oh, well, I'll, I'll add one to that, man. One of the things that I used to uh, hide from other people was my goofiness. I was embarrassed by it. Uh, but one of the things I discovered in my, in my proverbial and, and, truthful reset is i'm just uh-huh. a, i'm just a fucking goofy guy now, i mean everybody you you saw the little thumbnail clip of d and that i mean that suit love it want it but also <laughs> the most epic profile photo of any guest that i've had on the show and you're now guest i think 43 something no. like that i don't remember the exact number but Come on, that was epic. Thank you. I own my goofiness because, once again, it is fun. It's fun to be goofy. It's fun to be silly. It's fun to be weird. It's fun to be strange. And also, here's one of the other other principles my boxing coach would shout at us all the time. Be (laughs) uncommon. Okay? Be uncommon. Mm. It's uncommon to own your silliness. It's uncommon to own your goofiness. It's uncommon to willfully do it out loud and in front of other people and not give a shit what anybody thinks. Okay. I'm I'm going to have fun no matter what I invite you to come have fun with me. It's going to be a whole lot more interesting and a whole lot more enjoyable if we're doing this together. But even if you don't do it with me, I'm still going to have a great time. Right. Right. I I would not do that two years ago. I would be hiding. I would be, I'd be like, "Eh, you might judge me. Eh, You might not like me. Eh, I don't want to be ostracized. Eh, This is uncomfortable. You're going to reject me. I don't give a crap whether or not I get rejected. I know I'm not going to get rejected because I love me. Right. And, and here's the thing. Watch people like watch people that are really getting down and enjoying themselves. You want to engage with that because you're like, there's so much freedom in that. I want to, I want to experience that freedom too. And I want to, I want to be free to just be me. There's nothing better in the world than to just like dance, like nobody's watching, sing, like nobody's listening or sing like you're listening and everybody's having a good time. Right. So when I'm in my car, my, my, okay. My car's name is kindness. 
I named my car Kindness. Kindness takes I me named every- mine Alice, but Alice and Kindness. I mean, it makes sense. Well, kindness takes me everywhere I go. Now, that ah, is a, clever. That is, like a, that is a proverbial truth. It is a philosophical fact. And it is something that I want to be reminded of all the time. And also, the way that I got my car was a series of acts of kindness. So I'm constantly reminded that kindness is a real thing. Now, kindness has the best stereo of any car I've ever been in. <laughs> it's, a to- it's a 2005 Toyota Camry LE. And uh, the factory stereo is bad freaking ass. Now, mm-hmm. My kindness has two volumes, off and loud, really loud. When I'm in my car, I listen to punk rock, listen to alternative rock. I listen to uh, a lot of indie music that gets sent to me for the for the appetizer. And I'm we have to talk about off camera because I've got some stuff for you. Anyways, continue. Uh, I'm old school. I like to make mixed CDs. I know that puts me back into the 90s. I don't really give a shit. It's awesome. Uh, (laughs) When I'm riding in my car. I'm always rocking out and I'm always getting down with my bad self and I'm always singing along at the top of my lungs. And I almost, I didn't cause the guy to do it. He chose to look at me. That's his problem. He was looking at me <laughs> while he was turning and he's turning and the car's going this way. And he's like, what is this guy doing? And finally he realized that he was going to run off the road and he corrected himself, but I don't care. I'm going to have fun. The, one of the best things you can do, in any sort of, whether you're depressed or you're in a really good spot in your life, choose to have fun every day, any chance you get. One of the best ways you can have fun, listen to Jenny was a friend of mine from The Killers and try not to dance to that bass line. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you will let yourself... I can do it without even thinking. If you can, if you can just listen to that, especially get in the car with, with a really rocking stereo and let yourself get down and sing along and just look over at the other car and sing along and bob your head and like, you know, bop, 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 like knock yourself out. It don't care what anybody thinks about you. Have a good time. You are worth having a good time with. You're worth fighting for. You're worth loving. You're worth being good to. You're worth treating yourself with respect. And you are worth partying down with. So do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm off my off my. Damn, that was that, that was powerful, man. Um, so last but certainly not least, and I mean we've hinted at this already, but before we get ready to wrap this thing up, see, this is why this show is an hour because people are like, oh, you should fit in 15 minutes. No, half hour. No hour at least because these i mean this is real life everybody like you're with us live unless you're listening to this after the fact in which case then you're listening to it after the fact and you can join us live again when we have another episode but like these are live these are unedited all of what you've seen and heard is going to go into the clip that's going to be available everywhere else none of this stuff is edited out because us right now we're just we're we have our own stories, right? But as as I am the the curator, not host, not creator, curator of this show, it's not my job to tell you guys where you guys need to take the value from. It's that's on you. So what if I had cut out that last ten minute, five minutes of of, of de talking because then eh, when when we're cutting room floor. But that was what you guys needed to hear for all of this to make sense. We live in a world that is overly produced based on what the creator wants you to see, what the creator wants you to take out of it from value, 
whatever the case may be. The show, this entire community is based around what you guys want to take from it and what you guys can apply to your own life to make your own life better and to where you can help those in your community, in your city. In, and community is not just physical, right? Community is all this. Community is social media. What you can do to help influence and positively impact the lives of those around you, wherever it is. So. What's exciting in your world right now? And I mean, I know you're getting ready to release the book and all that kind of stuff, but like, I want to know what's that exciting thing in Dee's life right now. And keep in mind, this is not a business show, so we don't have to have a business conversation <laughs> here. Like, what's exciting? What's exciting is every day is fun. And I, I don't say that lightly, man. Like, and, and, and let me, let me, let me be, let me be really clear. Like I, I was not a depressed person. I, I struggled with a lot of insecurities and I struggled with a lot of fears, uh, up until age 35, about two years ago. Um, but I mean, like, again, I, I had a, I, I had a happy marriage. I was, I was happy with my life for the most part. Uh, I enjoyed the work that I did. Uh, I struggled and struggled in some ways business wise, but like it didn't, the, the struggle didn't supersede the good times. Uh, but I did not spend every day being joyful. I, I very seldom laughed out loud. I never smiled and showed my teeth. Okay. That's a big one. Okay. And that's, uh -huh. that's, a, that's a very big deal, right? Uh -huh. Now, every Huge. time you, every time you smile, you show your teeth because not always. Well, when I but, see you. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. And I can see now that that was an indication that what was going on inside of me, in my heart, in my mind, wasn't, wasn't all right. Okay. Been there, my man. Been there. So, so what is good in my life now is every day I experience uh, goodness. I experience love. I experience joy. I experience all kinds of reasons to be thankful. And every day I experience happiness. Happiness, I've learned, is not something that you find. It can find you, sure, and you can find yourself in a happy place, but happiness is something that you decide you're going to experience. Right. And you can decide to experience happiness even in a place that doesn't feel all that happy. Right. But for the best thing in my life is every day I wake up with love every day I go to bed with love and every day I walk around with love and I'm holding it in my hands. It's holding me in its hands and right. there's nothing in the world that's better than that. So, Preach. uh, I, I know one day in my future, I'm going to find my true love. I know it. Mm -hmm. Have has it happened yet? No. Does that mean that I'm going to be miserable and unhappy mm -hmm. and feel lonely and sad? No, I, I choose not to feel those things. I choose not to focus on those things. I choose right. to focus on today. And today I'm married to me and I'm a pretty fucking awesome dude. And I love myself. So that's all that matters. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Delayed fist bump there. everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, this is why we do it on video because you would miss things like that if it wasn't, but all right. So we're getting ready to wrap up now. With this show, I used to be like I was doing two episodes a week. That's not how it is. The The show will 
build in consistency or yeah, consistency was the right adjective. We'll build in consistency over the next few weeks. But at the end of the day, if I'm not feeling it, if there's not people empowered and feeling impassioned enough to be a guest, I'm not going to force it. Because at the end of the day, it's all about what Dee was just talking about, which is finding happiness, which is enjoying life, which is having fun, and all those kinds of things. And personally speaking, having now spoken to over 40 amazing human beings on this show, that's for over 40 more amazing, sometimes painful stories to hold on to. And honestly, I just need a reset button from time to time. So much like with my social media, I'll post sometimes, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll share stuff, maybe I won't. But at the end of the day, I've got to do it for me. Just like you guys got to do what you got to do for you. But as we get ready to wrap up, if somebody wanted to connect with D Grant, where would the best place be? The best one place? Wow. Sure. Um, and by the way, I can put links and stuff down below. So, I mean, if you want multiple places, it can be multiple places. I'm just saying, like, if somebody had one go-to to find you, like, what's the best platform? I'll tell you, man, the best way to get a hold of me and for us to interact is email. And I'll just give you my email address, dgrant at dgrantsmith.com. Super simple. Uh, <laughs> from, from a social media standpoint, I'm on Facebook more so, sort of than I am this other. One. Right there. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook, I'm at the D Grant Smith because the regular one is my personal deal. Um, right. And and as long as you know, look up D Grant Smith, you're going to find me. Uh, go to any social media platform, type in that, you're probably going to find me. Um, so it's I'm not a I'm, I'm not a hard guy to find. Uh, no, as as most of my guests aren't. Uh, which. There's, you know, there's some, there's some good things about that. I guess maybe at some point I'll be, I should be more, more cautious. I don't know. Um, not really no. worried about it. <laughs> not really worried about it. Uh, Twitter uh, at D Grant Smith. I'm, I'm, I'm there. That's, that's an easy way to get a hold of me too. Uh, but really, if I, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm the growth farmer. That's my brand. But that's also who I am. Relationships. I'm very, very, very passionate about. And. I really, really am serious about making one-to-one human connections. It's the way that we grow as people. And it's the way we enjoy life the most. If I would love, I would love for you to email me and tell me the number one thing you got out of out of out of today's episode. And uh, yeah. you know, maybe we can have a conversation. Maybe we can maybe we can have a have a Skype kind of call like this and get to know each other. Uh, I would totally be I totally be open to that. Um, awesome. But but yeah, man. If if you want to get a hold of me. I'm an easy guy to find my, my website's dgrantsmith.com. I mean, God, there's no way you can't find me. <laughs> there's this amazing thing called Google. Um, and you can type this thing what? in and now, now I will say this, and this is, this is a little bit of a future thing, but something that I'm, I'm actively and passionately pursuing because it doesn't exist and it solves a problem. To those of you who are struggling with mental health or you know someone who is struggling with mental health, how many of us have gone to Google to find help? I know I have. But try typing in depression and you live in Chicago, Illinois, or typing in 
alcoholism and you live in Fort Worth, Texas, you're going to get an abundant amount of resources sent to you, probably millions. And oftentimes you're probably not going to make a decision. Why? Because the base of any mental health condition is anxiety and too many decisions triggers anxiety. So what we're going to be working on now, I have this in concept. If somebody wants to help me make this, I'm more than willing to share because the, the world <clears throat> the world needs this. I've conceptually come up with an, uh, a mobile app called I'm Struggling With. It The app is super simple. You literally just fill in the blank with what you're struggling with. And based on where you are in the world and what you're struggling with, you'll be presented a short list of vetted resources specifically in your region, wherever you are in the world, and you'll get an option. You can call them, you can message them, or you can go to where they are. And that's the type of thing because we have too many choices. And when we have too many choices, we oftentimes don't make a choice. Mm -hmm. And not making a choice is really the difference between saving a life and losing a life. Mm. And sometimes that life can be your own. Yeah. And we live in a world where it is so dark, where the, where people are struggling constantly because of comparison, because of all of these issues that are going on in the world. And when that happens, it's tragic. Like, I mean, I had this staggering statistic last year I found out. So I'm, I live in a, in a county in Illinois called Winnebago County. It's not a very big county, like 60 square miles, not big at all. Winnebago County from January 1 to August 31 of 2018 had 39 confirmed suicides. Wow. That's one county. Wow. In one country in this world. And those are the people that we know about, not to mention any of the undocumented ones, not to mention the ones of the stars that all of us look up to, Anthony Bourdain, Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, anybody that we look up to. We can help fix this, but this right here, what D and I are doing is what helps to fix this. It's breaking the stigma to know that we're building things like we're building companies, we're building brands, we're helping to build people. But at the end of the day, we can still be vulnerable and share because we know that there are people behind us or help people ahead of us who need help, who need to know that it is okay to feel pain. It is okay to be hurting, but it doesn't last forever unless you choose for it to. So I want to end on this little mantra, then I'm going to get off my soapbox and you guys can have your Monday night back. I've ended nearly every video I've produced in the last two years saying this. And it's funny because you mentioned a couple of them earlier. Mm. So there's three things that are important to figure out every day, to find every single day and to do every single day. And they are as follows. Be happy. That's number one. Number two is have fun. And number three is hustle because everything in life takes work. But, Remember this, because we are in a culture 
of hustle 24 seven, work 18 hours a day, do, 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 go, 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 B, B, B. But remember this, if you take nothing from this tonight, take this. There is no amount of hustle on this planet that will bring you happiness or fun. So you have to have those two first. And guys, it's so important that you do this too. Make sure that you take time to breathe. Even if you just say that word once a day, you'll force yourself to breathe. It's a really fun thing. Anyways, guys, I'll be back more than likely next week with another episode. This episode with D. Grant will be available on all platforms, audio and video, probably by Wednesday. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And D, thank you, my man. It was an honor to have you as part of the show. Honored to be part of this community. And um, I see nothing but greatness in your future. And I can't wait to watch it all unfold, my man. Oh, man. The, you have been such a, uh, such a joyful um, part of, of my journey, Ryan. Thank you so much, man. This has been awesome. Awesome, guys. Well, until next time. You guys know what to do. We'll see you soon.